Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at naturesleadcom You can send any feedback to info at naturesleadcom or you can drop a comment onto the website. This is another Open Valley. This is Open Valley 6, Blake's Innocence. In this Open Valley, I read from William Blake's famous Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience and briefly discuss an alternate view. Okay, I've talked to you before about Blake's Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. They're one of the first pieces of literature that are included in the larger Romantic canon. The Songs of Innocence date back to 1789. And oftentimes you think of the Romantic time period in England being 1800 to around 1830. Uh, So this is uh, a little before some of the major romantic writers began to ramp up and producing a lot of uh, material. Now, Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience, many of them can be coupled together where we see an innocent child's viewpoint in a song of innocence, and you can see in a song of experience someone who's more experienced and sees the same observation in a different way, now with experience and with a different color. So this is a great dichotomy between innocence and experience. And as you know from many of my episodes, that contrast is one of the fundamental building blocks in the Romantic philosophy. So I'm going to read these two poems first, and then I'll just talk briefly about them. The first one is going to be The Lamb in Innocence, and then in Experience, I'm going to be reading The Tiger. The Tiger is probably one of, if not the most important of all of the poems out of all of these songs that Blake wrote. So here is the lamb. Little lamb, who made thee? Dost thou know who made thee? Gave thee life and bid thee feed by the stream and o'er the mead? Gave thee clothing of delight, softest clothing, woolly bright? Gave thee such a tender voice making all the veils rejoice? Little lamb, who made thee? Dost thou know who made thee? Little lamb, I'll tell thee. Little lamb, I'll tell thee. He is called by thy name, for he calls himself a lamb. He is meek and he is mild. He became a little child. I a child and thou a lamb. We are called by his name. Little lamb, God bless thee. Little lamb, God bless thee. And now I'll read The Tiger, and you can see the great contrast to that innocent, uh, childlike questions made to a lamb. This is called The Tiger. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry. In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when thy heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet 
What the hammer? What the chain? In what furnace was thy brain? What the anvil? What dread grasp? Dare its deadly terrors clasp? When the stars threw down their spears And watered heaven with their tears, Did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger, burning bright In the forests of the night, What immortal hand or eye Dare frame thy fearful symmetry? Now, after hearing those two poems, those two songs, obviously you can see the influence of religion in this poetry, and it had a great influence over a lot of Blake's uh, work. Obviously, as you know, in history, religion at that time had a great weight over everything that was being produced and in everybody's mindset. And so very often when new ideas would come out or new ways of looking at things, and especially the Romantic philosophy, they had to deal with that weight of religion, and sometimes they would speak about it directly, and other times it would be cast aside and uh, a new way of thinking would try to be described. But either way, it was always there, and it was very heavy and much more prevalent uh, in society than today. Now what's fascinating about this, to me, is that in the innocence, the child is looking at the freshness and the purity of the lamb. And it ends with the child saying, Little lamb, God bless thee. So the child comes to a conclusion based on the innocent experience the child has had on, and what the child has learned about the things that he or she sees in life and how to connect it. But earlier on in that poem are these beautiful questions of little, little lamb who made thee. And these innocent thoughts by a child looking at the qualities of the lamb and how beautiful and, and wonderful the lamb is. And what Blake is trying to do with the tiger is then comparing how it's easy to imagine from a relig religious standpoint a lamb being made, but contrasting that with the difficulty of how is a tiger being made. And this gets to the root of what's called in literature the problem of evil. And the problem of evil basically is how can evil exist if God is all-powerful and all-good? Now, I'm not going to get into a religious discussion. I'm, I'm just explaining what is being addressed here by these poems. I'm actually going to take a different twist on this, what I think is, is an interesting way of looking at this. Now, he's dealing with that problem of evil and looking at the tiger and how can it exist, how can the one who made the lamb form the same symmetry of the tiger, this fearful symmetry. But in a way, I look at Blake's experience being limited in that he's looking at that as being bad. And if we go back to nature, and what I always talked about, is that there are all these things in nature that can be accepted as natural and good, even though they may cause harm and they may cause evil at times. So Blake is looking at the philosophical and religious implications of the problem of the tiger versus a lamb. And so his voice and experience is supposed to be more knowledgeable and more accurate in that he's questioning the problem of the existence of the tiger and that the child, the innocence of the child, is simply being 
is simply categorizing the lamb as something that God would make. And I'm flipping it around the other way in that perhaps the experienced one talking about the tiger is corrupted into thinking that that's bad, is corrupted into thinking through experience and through society that there is inherently some evil associated and negativity associated with the tiger because he preys on other animals. I'm trying to flip that around and say that the innocence of the child perhaps is the most honest reaction and the most natural reaction. The initial questions that child is asking and the initial observations the child is making. The beauty of the lamb and wondering how that lamb is made, whether or not it is an entity, some being, or if it's natural, those questions are innocent and pure and unfettered by any experience. But as the child becomes more knowledgeable and more experienced, then harder questions arise trying to align her knowledge with what she's observing. Now, as I said, most of these songs are observations of a child or someone innocent. And with each one, there's a pairing, usually, of an experienced song that shows the true light of what's going on. But as I've mentioned before, to me, the impression, the emotional experience of observation that a child has in seeing something is real, is true, is something that is more important, perhaps, than later finding out the reality of what they were looking at. Even though that truth might be enlightening and might help the person to understand the situation more, we too, too often dismiss that emotional and spiritual connection we make in the moment when we make an observation. And so much of nature, to me, offers that experience to us, that in-the-moment emotional reactionary experience that we miss so often in our lives. Experience is a learned response, and innocence is a natural gut reaction. That brings us to a close. So until next time, I wish you well, and don't forget to follow nature's lead.